seven. Somebody say four for seven. Four for seven. Awesome. That, that means we have four special guest speakers, not guest speakers, family. Um, that's going to be speaking for seven minutes each for a total of about 28 minutes or so. So we're going to go ahead. We're about to get started. We're about to get right into it. But I do want to talk to you guys specifically um, because I know that you guys coming on this Wednesday night, um, I don't know what you may have walked in here with or how you may be feeling. Maybe you're tired. I don't know how school may be going right now. But I encourage you every time that you come to church, every time that you come to Legacy, uh, just come ready to receive, come hungry, come thirsty. I'm telling you, God can do something awesome. So I encourage you guys tonight to be responsive. Feel free to take some notes as well. And God's going to do something awesome and great. Anybody excited about that? I'm excited about that. It's going to be good. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, And one thing that's really special to me uh, about these next four speakers that are going to be coming up. Number one, I don't have to speak tonight. So I'm going to be able to just like respond and sit back. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Sanchez. Okay. You're speaking for the next couple months. Okay. You're not going to TBI. No, No, just joking. But honestly, these four have such such they have set such a great example um, just as role models, um, as as people who used to be students, um, but now they're transitioning. They've transitioned and God is using them in such powerful ways. They've served here at this church uh, for for years and years and years or at a church beforehand for years and years and years and they have a heart for god's house they have a heart for god's people they love you guys as students so i know they've been praying i know that they've been getting prepared and they have something to say they have some things to share with you guys as well so you guys ready to receive tonight awesome i'm gonna go ahead and give an introduction for the first speaker so the first speaker that we have tonight um is also my sister as well allison rivera she's incredible before you come on up allison i want to sprag a little bit about allison real quick um for those that don't know, you're good, Sanchez. We have to have a clapping lesson on when to clap and when not to clap, but it's okay. Uh, real quick, I know I've probably taken but a second or so, but hey, I, I just want to let you know, I mean, Allison has such a heart for people. She has such a heart for God, and she is such a worshiper, honestly. Like, she has, like, when you can tell when she's up on stage worshiping, singing praises to God and leading God's people to worship. Like, sh- that's not just a facade. That's not fake. But that's really who she is. I see her, you know, at home just, just singing, giving God praise, just putting God first. And she's incredible. And I'm so excited for her to share a word with you guys. Can you give Allison a hand clap as she comes up? Um, first, I want to thank Caleb for giving me the opportunity to speak, and um, I actually was going to say about you, thank you for just being an example to all of us here, and I think I speak for everyone when I say that you're an amazing leader, and I'm so incredibly thankful for your heart for God and how you follow Jesus. So let's give Caleb a hand clap, because he's amazing, and I love him. Um, so, uh, when I was praying about what I wanted to speak on tonight, I felt really clearly, I heard really clearly, worship, worship, worship. And I was like, all right, God, you got it, because that's my comfort zone. And I love worship, and I love worshiping and helping lead worship, and that is what I do every week. That's what I get to do every week. Um, yeah, and that's what I love, and I feel like I can talk about it for hours and hours and hours. So... Um, if you're taking notes, I recommend everybody, whether you have a phone or a notebook, whatever, take notes because I'd rather you take notes than forget it. And um, so the first, um, I guess, kind of point I have is a question. And by the way, what I have to say is really simple and it's not anything like crazy complex or like mind boggling. But I think sometimes we need to go back to simple 
sometimes we overthink simple. So yeah, so my first point is what is worship? Um, I think for some of us, worship is a 30 minute like gap of time on Sunday or on Wednesday. For some of us, it is our own personal intimate prayer time with Jesus. Um, worship means something different to all of us. But by definition, worship is an expression of reverence and adoration for God. Worship is simply us showing Jesus our love and our affection. I think so many times we overthink it. And when we're in church, that's kind of, that's like our worship. And God deserves so much more than just a 30, 30 minutes a week for our worship. He deserves so much more. Worship is a lifestyle that you live every single day, not just a little, you know, piece of time every week. Um, and this is, write this down. Worship leads us to remember, return, and reconnect. And you might be like, remember what? Remember God's goodness and his sacrifice for us. So worship leads us to remember, return, and reconnect to Jesus. Reconnect our relationship with Jesus. I think the easiest the easiest way to reconnect with God, reconnect our relationship with Him, is through worship and prayer. And worship and prayer go hand in hand. Like, in my opinion, I think worship and prayer is our lifeline to God. Truly. If you ever feel like you need reconnection to God, you're not feeling God, you don't feel His presence, you haven't, or you just need more of God, worship and prayer is the way to do it. And the second point I have is worship takes the attention off of you and on to God, which is so true because at the end of the day, worship isn't about us. Worship is about God and giving God our, our praise, giving God our, because worship is about surrender. Truly, when you worship Jesus, you're surrendering to God. If you're wondering, am I worshiping, like how do I worship, is this worshiping right? As long as you're surrendering and you're opening your heart to God, then you're worshiping. You know, worship is simply surrender and giving God your praise and your thanksgiving. And even though we made the decision, I think all of us have made the decision to follow Jesus or to follow God and worship Him, we have to make the decision every single day to live that out. So if you're not every single day worshiping and if you're not every single day, you know, praying and and living it out, then then are you really living a lifestyle of worship? You know, I think it's so important because we have to make that decision every day to live it out because that is what it means to have a lifestyle of worship. And we have, all, we have to also decide every day to live it out, to live out God's plan for our lives. Because once we, you know, try to rely on our plan, we're always gonna, we're always gonna, I just think that when you follow after God's plan, He exceeds our expectations every single time when you try to fall after your plan you're not you're not going to reach your potential you know when you give everything to god and you worship and you just give him your life and your heart his plans will exceed your expectation and your plans for your life and um another thing i have is in worship you give more of yourself to be filled up more inside of you because you'll never come into worship feeling you never come out of worship feeling more empty inside Truly, you will not come out of worship feeling more broken, feeling faithless, feeling hurt, more hurt than you were before. You'll always be filled up more inside. And worship isn't about what we can get, although we do receive things in worship. We do feel things after worship, but it's about what we give to God. Because when you give more to God, 
you're going to receive more. And the last point I have is, how do I worship? And I thought about this, and I prayed about this, and I truly believe that the only way to learn how to worship is truly through practice. When you practice, and what do you, you might say, like, what do you mean practice? Like, how do I practice worship? Um, What that means is just worshiping every single day. Consistency. I'm sure you've heard it before. Consistency is key. Consistency truly is key because when you're worshiping every single day, speaking over your life, it's only going to give you more of a hunger for God. It's only going to give you more of a hunger for his spirit and for his presence. And that's, that's, yeah. So, um, and then I have worship isn't just songs being sung at church. Worship is your intimate moments with Jesus. Worship isn't just, you know, lifting your hands in worship and, you know, the 30 minutes that we have. You know, singing songs out is great, but unless you're actually truly giving something to God or you're truly surrendering or opening your heart up, you're not going to receive all that God has for you. Um, and you might say, how do I worship? Start with just thanking God. It's, that's, how sim- that's how simple it is. Start with thanking God. Start with praising God. There's so many things for us to be thankful for. We have, if you have parents, that's something to be thankful for. If you have a house, if you have food, that's something to be thankful for. And that's something that we take for granted every single day. So just start with thanking God and start with praising God and tell Him that you love Him every single day. Thank Him for your day. And from there, it'll just get easier and easier to worship Him. And then start to praise Him and speak over your life. Speak over your life the things that you want to see happen. Speak over your life his, his favor. Speak over your life and whatever you want to see in your life. Jesus wants you to give yourself in worship and pour your heart out to him. And one more thing I want to say is don't let fear of what other people think hinder your worship. I learned a long time ago that it is not, it's just not worth it to, to let people's, what you think other people are thinking or the fear of Oh my gosh, people are going to see me worshiping. Oh my gosh, is it kind of weird that I'm lifting my hands in worship? Like, I learned a long time ago, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to let that hinder what you have, what God has for you in worship. Truly, give your heart to God in worship. Lift your hands. If you feel like lifting your hands, sing out, sing out. It doesn't matter what people think because at the end of the day, that's a moment between you and Jesus. Between you and Jesus. And to close, I have a scripture. It's Romans 12, 1 through 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because for, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the only way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hey guys, give Allison a hand clap again. I am a very proud um, big brother. I took so many notes back there. That was so good, especially at the end when she talked about how you cannot let fear hinder your worship to God, that you have to get to a place and a mindset where you don't care what other people think, that you just worship God in spirit and truth, and however that may look like to you guys. So that's incredible. I don't need to add anything else to that, Allison. Give her one one last hand clap again. Come on.
Awesome. We're going to continue to get the ball rolling. Um, for the next person that we have coming on up, he is awesome. You may have saw him a couple of years ago with really, really long hair, but he got a haircut and everything looks really good now, man. Hey, Sanchez is incredible. Um, I could talk so much about Sanchez and things I admire about him. I mean, honestly, if anybody had an excuse to maybe just walk away from God or to live a certain way or, or do whatever to act out rebellious or whatever, Sanchez would have been one of those guys. But Sanchez has been so faithful. He's been so faithful. If I had to think of one word for Sanchez, it's faithful. It's consistency here at church. You've seen him out there on, in the parking lot. He serves here in-house, and he has such a servant's heart. And he, he, he takes like he takes the initiative on so many different things. I don't even have to ask him to do things most of the time. He just steps on up and does it. He's incredible. He's awesome. He has a word to share with you guys. Josh Sanchez, everybody, give him a hand clap as he comes up to the front. All right, so first of all, I want to start off by thanking Caleb. Uh, he has been with me through, like, the toughest times, and... Uh, if, if, I'm, I'm pretty sure y'all heard up there, but uh, we'll be gone for four months. We'll be going to TBI, to Texas Bible Institute. So uh, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to pour into you guys before I leave. Uh, this is like basically my first time speaking, but uh, so we're going to try to fit into seven minutes, uh, the timer rolling. So uh, we're just going to hop right into it. So today we're going to be looking in Daniel chapter three. We're going to be looking at three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Raise your hand if you know that story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, it's a pretty popular story. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, personally. But uh, so um, it's it's an incredible story. It's about a king, King Nebuchadnezzar, and this guy. Like history does not deny this guy. If you ask any historian, it's uh, uh, he. They'll, they'll they'll tell you that that he's a real king. He was uh, he was the king of the Babylonian Empire, and uh, he ruled most of the known world. Uh, he moved into Jerusalem, burned down the temples, and kept the Jews as captives. But uh, but unlike any other king, he was kind of like smart with his captives. Because if you look at the Syrian Empire, they were good at skinning people alive. And if you look at <laughs> and, and and if you look at the Persian Empire, they're good at crucifying people. But the Babylonian Empire, they would brainwash their captives and mix them into their own society. Uh, and then one of the ways that uh, he brainwashed the, the, the Jews was he, the, he got three respected, um, I guess, like um, three men that were upper class in, in, in the Jewish. Um, and then so and then he, he gave them different names, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He gave them those names, ch- ch- changed up their names. And uh, so in Daniel three, what, what the king does to these uh, forty six hundred Jews was uh, he built a 90-foot-tall statue. That's about eight stories, if you've ever seen, like, an eight-story building. And um, it was also nine feet wide, and it was made of gold. And uh, he wanted to present it to his kingdom. So the, the, the king's people came forward to the Jews and said, like, 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 hey, man, hey, guys, like, listen, whenever the music strikes, whenever all these instruments strike, and the music comes on, you guys got to drop down to your knees and worship this statue that the king has made for us. And then they also said, like, by the way, if you don't, we're going to cook you alive in this furnace. So, so the Jews didn't really have a problem after that. Um, and, and, and then so, uh, so the, the music started playing, uh, and then the, the, the Jews all bowed down and started worshiping 
the king's statue. And all the Jews except for three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which that comes to my first point, it's um, real faith stands out. You know, these guys were different than all the other Jews. You know, these guys had faith that stood out for literally three in 4,600. But, uh, and then, so it's, it's kind of like in order, disorder stands out, but also in disorder, order stands out. And uh, an example for that is like, if you're in the middle of class and then the teacher has everybody paying attention to her, except there's this one kid, which I, 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 I was that one kid, but there's, there's, there's that one kid who just always acts up, doing something stupid, walking around. But then there's also some classes where where, where the whole class is acting up, and then there's that one kid that's sitting down still, you know, really obeying. Either way, they're, they're, they're the oddballs. They're, they're the rebels, you know? And then so, um, so basically, in, in immorality, morality stands out. So in the world, in, in a, a society that people just reject God, the person who, who, who loves God and fully embraces God stands out and now he's the weird one he's the jesus freak um which my sophomore year i was called jesus freak a lot and i loved it they weren't weren't trying to be mean or anything but um but uh but also standing out isn't always fun it's it's, it's not uh you're going to face persecution you may not get burned alive but uh but you may have to spend a weekend alone you may have friends who don't want to hang out with you because you're a Jesus freak. Uh, so, uh, and then for, for some of y'all, that's, that, that's kind of just as terrifying as getting thrown into a furnace, but, uh, <laughs> but, but that's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, guys. You're never alone. Uh, and then so, so, um, okay, so the, the, the king's fortune, the, the king's fortune teller Fortune tellers went up to him and said, uh, oh, oh, king, uh, you had set this very strict rule that said whenever the, the music strikes, everybody's supposed to bow down. Everybody. Well, these, these three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Jews that you gave like a, 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 a very high position to and good lives to, they don't respect you or your gods. They will not bow down. And then so... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was furious and and he 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 ordered them uh to to, to stand in front of him and then whenever they, they came the king said like like Shadrach Meshach Abednego is it true um do you really not respect my gods you're not going to worship my statue that I put out there and then he said I'm gonna give you a second chance but the next time that the music strikes you guys got to hit your knees and start worshiping my statue, or I'll throw you in the fiery furnace without hesitation. And then he, he said, what God will save you from my power? And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered to King Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in that fire, God, the, the God that I serve can rescue us from the roaring furnace. But even if he doesn't, and I love that part, even if he doesn't, it will not make a bit of difference. We will not serve your gods or worship that golden statue. So, uh, so the king was even more mad. He ordered his strongest soldiers to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them in the fire. And then he also ordered them to 
to um, have the fire seven times hotter than what it usually is. So when those soldiers threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, they 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 also died through the fire. That's that's how hot it was. And uh, so when so after they got thrown in, uh, the the king jumped up in alarm and said, "Did we not throw three men bound hand and feet into the fire?" And his his servant said, uh, "Yes, O king, we did." And then uh, and then he he said, "But look, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed." And the fourth man looks like the son of God. That brings me to my second and last point. It's uh, uh, God is with you even in the fire, guys. Whatever fire it may be, whether it's school, whether it's uh, anything, we, we could all be in the fire, but, but, but God's not going to let us go in there alone. So I'm going to close out with this, uh, with this scripture. It's Isaiah 43, 2. It's uh, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, I will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Guys, we serve a God who's with us all the time through thick and thin, especially in the fire. So, um, yeah, uh, that's it. Thank you, Caleb, for letting me see. guys oh my goodness that was so awesome anybody get something out of that i know that i did all right we're going to continue to move forward um and honestly no pressure on me i got to get an introduction to my amazing girlfriend uh brooklyn adams give her a hand clap real quick um like i said me and her um honestly it's been a month now which is crazy it's been one of the best months of my life and she is absolutely incredible beautiful inside and outside and honestly she is such a blessing uh to me she's such a blessing uh to this church she's so she's such a blessing to so many people and i can ramble on and on and on and on it's so easy to talk uh about amazing things that i just love about her but i'm so so like really excited to have you come and share so brooklyn give her a hand clap as she comes up and shares a word that god has put in her heart come on keep on giving a hand clap better Okay. Well, so for those who don't know me, my name is Brooklyn. Um, and I just, again, I want to thank Caleb also for giving me this opportunity just to pour into y'all and to speak to y'all. I'm very excited about what God's put on my heart. So whenever I got the text message from Caleb asking us for to speak, what I felt like God had put on my heart to speak about was having confidence in gifts. And so whenever I was younger, God had dealt with me on this issue. So I always felt like I didn't have any gifts or talents because I was looking at the people around me like I wasn't as athletic as someone or I couldn't sing as good as someone and maybe I couldn't dance as good as them. And I started to compare myself to the people around me and that got me in this mindset that I couldn't be used by God because I wasn't as talented as them or my gifts didn't look like theirs. And so the first points that I wanna talk about is the first thing that we need to understand is that we are all unique and created differently. You know, my gifts and talents aren't going to look like Lizzie's gifts and talents, or Lizzie's gifts and talents aren't going to look like Allison's gifts and talents. We all have our own specifically created talents. And secondly, we are all parts of the body of Christ. You know, it doesn't matter what type of talents you have. You know, some people are good at drawing, or some people are good at cooking, or some people are athletic or good at theater, you know, like, or organization. Whatever your talent might be, 
it can and will be used by God. And then next, we need to know that we need to be content in the gifts God has given us. You know, we can't be jealous of another person's gifts or talents because God has given us certain talents to fulfill the calling he's placed on our lives. Or you might be like, well, I wish I had so-and-so's talent because her talent's cooler than mine. But what you need to know is that the gifts were given to us for service, not for status. So now that you know that God has created you uniquely and for a purpose, you need to be confident in the gifts God has given you. You know, oftentimes when we hear God's call of him saying like, you know, I want you to do this or to take that bold step or to take a risk or, you know, I want you to honor me with your gifts. Oftentimes we hold back, you know, we don't feel confident enough or we don't feel qualified. Like, no, God, I'm not ready or we don't think we have the guts, the strength. We don't feel smart enough or we feel like no one's supporting us. And this reminded me of the story of Moses. So I don't know how many people know the story of Moses, but what happened was that God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. And God told Moses that he was going to send him to go speak to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh to free the Israelites, which were God's people, out of slavery from Egypt. Now, this is like a big deal. Like, Pharaoh is a very, very important person. This is kind of like in our day and age. Like, God's like, you know, I want you to go speak to the president. So I want you to listen to what Moses replied with. So this is in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. And Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. That basically means that Moses couldn't speak very well. And the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who made them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. So this got me thinking. Why is it that God's plan for Moses was for him to go speak to Pharaoh when one of the things that Moses struggled with was speaking? God obviously knew that Moses couldn't speak very well, but yet God still called Moses, not anyone else, to go speak to Pharaoh. You know, lots of times we can feel like Moses when you know, out of the burning bush, God said, go speak to Pharaoh. And Moses answered, you know, not me, God. I'm afraid, you know, weak, poor, stupid, unqualified. And I really felt like God is wanting me to tell y'all today that we don't want to sound like Moses stammering around in search of excuses. God gave Moses exactly what he needed to do great things for God. And God said, I'm the one who gave you your mouth. And all I'm asking is for you to take that step of faith, trust in me, and I will help you speak. And just like God was going to equip Moses, (laughs) just like God was going to equip Moses, God's going to equip us in just the same way. I know that God knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your worries. But if you were already perfect, you wouldn't need to put your faith in God. You know, there might be certain things that you feel like are setting you back from fulfilling a purpose. But did you ever think that these are actually set-ups because they teach you how to trust in God? It doesn't matter what you've been through or what you think might be holding you back. God says that you are enough for the calling he has placed on your life. He has given you the talents that you need to fulfill his purpose. And everyone in here has talents. God wants to use each and every one of you. And you might be afraid to you know, take that step of faith and uh, do what he's called you to do. But what you need to know is that 
God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the call. And he's going to be there guiding you every step of the way. And so, you know, a lot of you might like, well, Brooklyn, I don't know what my talents or gifts are. Like, how do I do that? Well, what are you passionate about? You know, a lot of times your talents can line up with your passions. And also, I really encourage you to get involved as much as possible, you know, and take that step out of your comfort zone. And a lot of times, you're going to find out what you're good at by trying new things. And that's how it worked for me. So whenever I was a sophomore in high school, I knew that I had a passion for girls who had been through human trafficking. And so I decided to write a speech about it. And then later on, I was approached and asked if I would be willing to speak about it at a debate tournament. Now, I was not, I was only 16. I was like, um, I don't know if I want to speak in front of people who knew what they were talking about. Like, it's very scary getting up, and I was very fearful. But I knew, if, I knew that I was passionate about that, and I knew God was telling me, like, just do it, just trust in me. I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to do this. And so I went, and I performed my speech, and as I did it over and over again, God began to develop that gift that he had given me of public speaking, and all it took was me trusting in him and taking that step of faith, and I realized that that was my gift that he had given me. And I really... <laughs> I want to end with this. If God, if he's called you to it, he will grace you for it, equip you in it, and sustain you through it. Awesome. Give her another hand clap because, you know. That was so good. I especially love the quote at the end. And it's so cool seeing all the family and friends here. Thank you all so much for coming and supporting um, y'all's family and your friends. And that was so good. I'm telling you what, we have some amazing, amazing leaders here at this church, don't we? That was so, so, so good. So rich. Uh, so much substance and all of that. So proud. Okay. Anyways, let's go to the last speaker that we have for tonight. I'm so excited about this boy right here. Some of you guys may know him as Pablo. Some of y'all may know him as Sebastian, whatever you call him. He's awesome. He's a great looking dude. He loves Jesus. He loves Jesus so much. And I can tell, and man, I am so excited for you, bro. I'm going to, is it cool if I brag? I like to brag on each person before they come up and speak. You can come on up, man, real quick. I'm going to brag on you. Come here, Pablo. Something different with you. I'm so excited for this guy right here. Give him a hand clap. I mean, I got to brag on his family too. Leo, Amy, I mean, they're all so involved, and they're so incredible, man. I'm so excited for you and your future, bro. You keep that heart, man, and God's used them in such mighty ways. I mean, God's used his testimony to make an impact on other people. And if I had to say one thing about Pablo, it's this, that this guy, he's an evangelist. Like, this guy, he has a way of just getting people to church, of inviting friends, inviting family, and making a difference in people's lives. And he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he's awesome, he's incredible, and he has a word to share with you guys. Can you give him a hand clap? Come on, All right. Well, everybody else did it, so I'll thank Caleb. Just like, every- nah, I'm just playing. Now, nah, thank you, Caleb, for giving this opportunity to speak to you guys. So, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, what would relate to you guys in school, you know, middle school, high school. Uh, and I thought, you know, I just graduated, so I was like, you know, I'm fresh out of school, so. I think that sacrifice is, is what most relates to you guys, you know? So I'm going to start with uh, what does a sacrifice mean? Uh, a sacrifice is an act of slaughtering an animal, person, or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to divine or supernatural figure. 
so in the Bible, uh, they used to slaughter animals to to God, you know, as thank you, as a thanks, and to sacrifice to Him. But today, we use possessions, and I broke it down into three possessions. So it'd be our time, be our finances, and it'd be people. So not literally sacrificing people, but relate, <laughs> but relationships with people. All right. So I'm gonna start with finances. So finances, uh, you know, a job. You know, you guys are in school still, trying to find a job. You know, something that pays good. You know, ten dollars, twelve dollars an hour. You know, that's that's what we're shooting for. You know, if we're young, we only got bills to pay. You know, for gas or for food, or go hang out with friends or whatever. But uh, uh, but then that job asks you to work on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. You know, you miss church. And, you know, you don't have to go to church to be, you know, in faith, but it really does help to grow your faith and be around other people, you know, in youth group right here to strengthen your faith in God. So if that job's asking you to do that and they say, you know, you know, you can't have this job, but we need you to work these days, uh, you know, that sacrifice, you know, I can't do this. You know, God has something better for you. So you just keep that faith and keep praying in that. And uh, another sacrifice is uh, your tithes, you know, 10% of what you make. So if you make $100, 10% of that would be $10. So, you know, it's like, oh man, like $10 is kind of a lot, man. But, you know, it's like you wouldn't have those $100 if God didn't give you those $100, you know. It's like what Caleb always says, you know, we get to give, we don't give to get, you know. So, you know, just to give God that little bit back is what really matters. So, and uh, something I uh, want to read real quick is Luke uh, chapter 18, 18 through 25. It's about the story of the rich man. So it goes, uh, Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So, you know, this guy, he had so much money and possessions, you know. He asked God, like, what do I have to do to enter heaven? And, you know, he told him, you just have to do one more thing. Uh, Sell everything you have. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And, you know, all his worldly possessions, you know, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Here, what's on earth is temporary. What really matters is in heaven, eternity. So if God's asking you, you know, give up, give up what you have here on earth, give it to him, guys. You know, your time, you know, you're, you're so young still, you know. It doesn't matter how old you are. Sacrifice your time. Sacrifice your possessions. Because none of this is going to matter in the long run. Because what matters is after life in heaven. So, and uh, I want to speed up a little bit. Uh, all right, so. Uh, number two, people, all right? Uh, so not to sacrifice people literally, but sacrifice the relationship you have with people. So what I mean by that is uh, maybe friends, you know, that you know for so long, they give you your reputation, they make you feel popular. You have so much in common with them, but they're not bringing you closer to God. So it's that thing, it's like, man, God, but, you know, that's my best friend, you know, we're so close, but they're holding you back, you know. Uh, you're starting to cuss more, you're not being involved in church, you know, you're not praying more, you know, they're bringing you down, you know, uh, you guys ever heard the phrase, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, you know, if your friends aren't in church, you know, where are you, so, I mean, just uh, always think about that, uh, sacrifice uh, who you hang out with and 
really think about that. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, oh, that girl or that guy that looks so cute, or he's so handsome, you know? <laughs> you guys know? Uh, and you're like, man, like, but they're not really a believer of God, or, you know? So that relationship with those people, uh, you know, don't be a missionary dater. You know, that's not what God called us to be. So missionary dating is not something you want to do because our job is to just open the word up to them, not to hold their hand through the whole process, you know. Yeah. Just open it up to them and, you know, through God. And you know, if that's the person for you, he's going to open it up to them. But sometimes you have to sacrifice those feelings you have for some people sometimes. And uh, my third and last point is time. You know, whether it's waking up early in the morning, spending time in prayer, uh, in your Bible, you know, whether it's in the morning or at night, you know, waking up early or staying up later at night. You know, all those things matter to God, and God recognizes those sacrifices. Yeah. Uh, we have to revolve our schedule around God. Don't revolve God around our schedule. Mm-hmm. So God has to be the center of everything, guys. You know, don't, don't put false idols, you know, whether it's your favorite celebrity, your favorite athlete. Those don't matter. Put God above everything, okay? Um, you know, whether it's session, setting social media aside, you know, Netflix, Instagram, all that stuff. That doesn't matter. Put the phone down, say, I'm going to read my Bible, read a few chapters, you know, pray for a few minutes, you know, that all matters to God. And God sees that, you know, none of you guys are little to God. You guys are so much to God. He made you guys so wonderfully and beautifully made, you know. And uh, so, yeah, just uh, don't ever think that you're you're too little for God, you know. He recognized all your sacrifices. And uh, in closing, um, you know, sacrifices aren't easy. You know, sometimes they're going to be hard, uncomfortable. You're going to be like, man, uh I don't know, I'm not too sure, you know, but it's that leap in faith where God recognizes it. And um, not only does he recognize the sacrifice, but make sure you're doing it with the right heart. You know, not just to say, oh, I'm going to do it so somebody sees me or recognizes me, but do it because, you know, God loved you so much and he died for me that I'm going to give this back to him. So, uh, I'm just going to leave you guys with this one question. Uh, what is more important to you? Missing out on what this world has for you or what e- what in eternity in heaven has for you. And that's it. <laughs>